by alone inside. He's got the breakaway with the touch to the right. Go! your Minneapolis City Soccer Club, brought to you by Summit Brewing Company. Welcome one and all to the People's Pitch Podcast, the premier podcast of Minneapolis City <laughs> SC. I guess the only, but also that means premier. Yeah, uh, no, off, no offshoots yet. <laughs> I am your host, Nate Morales, joined as always by the irrefutable John Bisworm. John, Mother Nature tried to pump the brakes on your soccer season yesterday. Do you? Uh, did you have your high school boys out shoveling today? Uh, I, I don't know what's going to go on, man. Uh, you know, six inches of snow doesn't really, uh, <laughs> doesn't really lend itself well to, uh, being able to play. So I, uh, yeah, I don't know what, what we, we trained indoors the past two nights, but they've moved our, our matches around. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, man, but, uh, for those of you who are, uh, Stegman's guys that are, might be listening to this, I've already had one instance in my, in my life where I was kicked off the field for shoveling it off. So I, I, uh, I, I put my hands up and said I would not be participating in that. So, um, but uh, I don't know. We'll have soccer again soon or not. And then I'll just get back into the city swing of things. Either way, cool with me. So decent show tonight we got here, Nate. Um, I think so. You know, we've yet to, to cover a main topic that we typically do on this show. And uh, we danced around the idea of it. But FIFA 21 is out and they finally made a career mode for this guy. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we have uh, more 7v7 action to talk about, as well as um, we have a guest tonight, um, Pick'em League participant, board member, and uh, citizen Paul Schmeichel is going to be joining us. So uh, I believe he's, o- he's only the, the second fan we've ever had on. So it's uh, actually, well, you can consider host dad a fan. Yeah. Maybe our, our, third, our third fan that we've had on. But uh, can't wait for you guys to uh, be introduced to Paul and, and – uh, and, and hear his journey into soccer and how he got started with, uh, with Minneapolis city. Absolutely. Well, let's get started, John. Uh, you know, FIFA came out a couple weeks back at the beginning of October and, uh, neither of us really got a chance to dive in early. Both of us have in the past been all over the beta mode, all over the, the pre beta, um, just to get a taste. Right. But this year, you know, mm-hmm. I've, we've got families and, jobs and other commitments so it kind of fell by the wayside and i was really just waiting for the for the pre-order release date to jump in um and after i after our first show um and after talking about the game i should say after after the first foot city twitch show and talking about the game you decided also to to cave and buy a copy (laughs) this year and i'm gonna say uh yeah I, i don't know man i've never heard you gush about fifa for like this for years i think people are gonna (laughs) people say online like pretty typically year to year they tend to hate on fifa because they the game doesn't make a ton of changes right like they're waiting for some sort of huge gameplay update i don't know what they're expecting but this year i think the best mode which is career mode is way different the game ea has made a ton of changes it feels like ea went super granular with career Mm -hmm. mode there are some big new things uh, around how you manage your team and how you scout new talent. And I assume you are fully in on all of it. Uh, bro, the, the <laughs> year, the year not to be a beta tester anymore. It was like, they just pulled up my old file and just, just to fuck with me. <laughs> they literally made a, a training module for teams in career mode or cup competitions. That's like training a real soccer team. And I was like, I, remember I was texting. I was like, Holy shit, dude. I can do this. <laughs> I can do that. Like, I, I, I honestly hadn't even. I, I typically, as most people know, that that follow the show whenever it comes out. I'm like a mini game guy. I yep. dive in. I play the mini games. I get the feel of the of the movement and and because it, it does change every year. I mean, there's something whether it's faster or the directional pad is a little bit uh, more sensitive on where you point to pass all that stuff. And my way to get acclimated to all that is in the, in the mini games. And then I find myself, you know, a half bottle of granddad deep on a Saturday night. And I'm like, 
I, it's like four in the morning and I've been doing nothing but mini games. Um, but after I got done with, <laughs> after I get done with that, um, I, I dove into career mode, which I usually do. And I typically, you know, take my old, my old boys, FC Kaiser Slaughter, and I, I, I try to bring them up to champions league glory every year. Uh, some years I'm successful and some I'm not. Um, but as simply what I do, I had to dive in and actually um, play with Man United because I wanted a team I liked, but also a team that had a little more skillful players to try mm-hmm. to figure out how to do the career mode the right way before I dove in at, without with zero money and uh, and you know players that sucked. So yeah. I uh, I dove in at, uh, in a in a Premier League season with Man United, and what I what I learned is that um, you can fully adjust your training days up to like months out. So like you can look at your calendar and you can, you can pick and choose like who you train or um, when you train and w- and when you can give guys days off. So there's recovery days yeah. as well. And that's like unheard of in sports games, right? Like you usually just like hammer your guys until they're dead and you're like, all right, I'm done with that. Um, <clears throat> and, and hope they perform even though their fatigue is low or whatever. Um, but you can actually like really, set a training plan and i was like well look at this (laughs) okay now we're talking um but i also like that the you know i mentioned briefly that there are the group trainings instead of just focusing on one player you can still focus on a player um but the group trainings you can actually like work on your squad and it's it it's it i'm so glad they did it because i mean if you look at other modes where they've spent their time on like the the journey i really liked the journey with alex hunter like i really dove into that and i let i i i felt like all in on it and i was a little disappointed last year when it was taken away um some people i don't know who you are if you if you're out there that actually plays bolta um <laughs> have you have you have you have you like me no i mean like no like, yeah like <laughs> why I don't why I know. I don't quite get that. And now they've kind of like mixed Volta and the the, the journey, journey mm-hmm. together. And I'm like, why? Like, I get it. It's like grassroots, you know, whatever. I, if you play it, take it into the you. streets, John. I mean, they were, were people really that involved? Like the first part of the journey, right? Alex Hunter, it might've been in, what was it? The second season of the journey where yeah. he ends up with his, with his boy in Brazil and you have to play like a street soccer game. Yeah, and it's totally like, get that. did totally people get love that. that love it that much? They're like, let's do a whole mode, right? Yeah, like you know what we need more of street soccer. So, <laughs> I was like, I'm, I, I, it was probably the guy who like never gets called on in class at, at FIFA, yep. and they're like, like everyone needs three ideas, and he's like, more street soccer, and they're like, let's do it. Um, but I, I really wish they would have gone back and spent some more time on on. Uh, on maybe the journey with now seeing what you can do with the, within the career mode. I think it's something that they could bring back. Maybe not like an Alex Hunter type situation, but maybe more so dedicated to when you do single player career mode, mm-hmm. if they could maybe level it up to, to make it a little bit more of a story versus just creating a player and diving in and hoping that you stick with the team you like. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm, total like old school Oregon trail style Nate where with my team in career <laughs> mode with all this new training, it's like totally grueling pace, low rations for my boys. Like, <laughs> like I literally, uh, we, I train all the time. I rarely have recovery days. Um, and you know, what I've found is maybe a hack. Um, if you toss in like a younger player or one of your older bench veterans, um, for some spot starts, over a starter and you're pushing him them that hard um there's something that happens there and and you get an interesting result and i I know you're gonna you're gonna talk about it um in Mm -hmm. a little bit so i'll I'll dive into it but they actually level up in in certain areas that you're going to talk about um organically by by almost like a competitive uh call it meta like they there's some sort of competitive thing there for players that are ranked 75 or higher that if you train yeah. them if you train them hard and you play like a 75 or lower in front of them they they level up and i'll talk about it here in a second interesting yeah let's talk about team management john because you were really into it so in addition to form 
and happiness, which is a new thing uh, from a couple years ago, there is another there's another new metric, and that is sharpness. Mm -hmm. So instead of your weekly training sessions every Sunday or whatever that improve your players' um, ratings, right? Managers now have to juggle two to three mini game training sessions a week in addition to to the games in order to manage sharpness all while keeping players fatigue in mind because if they're fatigued and you roll into game day you know you're they're not gonna be able to play as long how do you so you've already kind of talked about you already raved about this a little bit but how do you like this addition of sharpness to to the uh to the mix bro <laughs> <laughs> i loving it again again i love it man i mean I still don't quite understand how they define sharpness versus fatigue because in my opinion, like, yeah, you know, like if you're fatigued, you're not going to be sharp. And if you're sharp, you're not going to be fatigued. I think they're saying like, if your player isn't like used to like being on the ball, they're going to make more mistakes in game. And I don't know how that they, they justify that in the logic either. Um, Mm -hmm. But anyways, it's no secret that I can play mini games for days. So I'm like, you want me to you want to do more of that? Sure. Um, just keep throwing different mini games at me so I don't do the same ones over and over again, which I've played all of them, I'm pretty sure. And there are quite a few that I wish they would have brought back from like the 16, the 15 and 16 versions um, that were just total time sucks for me. Um, but uh, we're, we're awesome. So I hope that they, they continue to add value by maybe even slightly modifying some of the mini games. So it doesn't get monotonous, but so far I've been okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I found it, what I, I mentioned before that I'll talk about now is that you can literally hammer on your stars. Um, and for, for no reason, just start someone else. that's not as high rank as them every so often. And they almost like become sharper. Your stars like, do. Yeah. Like it's like, a, it's like a competitive edge where like, so for example, I, I switched my formation up. So I had um, five in the central midfield because there's so many good central players for United. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just one day I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to, I'm going to train Bruno Fernandez super hard this week. And then I'm going to start uh, Juan Mata over him. And then all of a sudden, like I did that. And the next, the next time I went back to play, um, Bruno, Bruno Fernandez sharpness was all the way up to a hundred. His fatigue was low and, and his attitude was, his attitude was way low. But <laughs> at that point I was like, fuck you. I don't care uh, if you're happy. Like I'm in charge of, but you, <laughs> you're, you're just a little digital person. I'm in charge of you. Um, but, <laughs> but for some reason it like leveled him up in other areas. And so then what I did was I immediately just extended his contract for another two seasons and I gave him more wages per week. Mm-hmm. And then I saw his happiness go up. I didn't give him a ton more money, but I saw his happiness go up. And then I saw his, all other stats went up. And then, wow. so that, then I did the same thing with Pogba and Pogba's stats went through the roof. So I don't know if it's like a glitch or if there's something that I unlock that is in there that no one else had thought of. Um, huh. it's definitely, definitely something to try, but literally it was like, oh, I'm going to see what happens if I just train this guy to death and then see if he, well, first, actually I should take a step back. First off, I trained a guy to death and then I played him and he was garbage. <clears throat> yeah. Cause the fatigue is so low, right? Sharpness was low. Fatigue was low. Like everything was low. Like it was a totally different player out there. And then I was like, okay, well, what if I do the same thing? And then I start someone else. And then all of a sudden I was like, I'm, I think I'm onto something here. So anyways, that's what something I found that was Interesting. pretty cool. Yeah. But that so means bleed, that him, bleed him dry, man. <laughs> without that weekly training to, uh, to improve your youth squad and to improve your, your high potential uh, senior squad players, there's a, there, there's, they, they, they added a new method to improve players uh, on both your senior team and your youth squad. You, you have to set development plans per player. Uh, that will improve their stats based on the role that you want them to grow into. So if you've got, like, for instance, a striker that, and you set his development plan, you can set him as a target man, as a, as a poacher, as all these different roles, right, uh, that you, or just, like, basic, right? And based on each of those roles, for instance, like, speed will go up, acceleration will go up, but maybe strength won't. But if you set him as a target man, his strength will go up, his 
his passing might go up, but like, and shooting might go up, but like speed is not going to go up. That includes, of course, then you can set plans for them to switch positions too. So you can mm-hmm. move a guy out to the wing or you can move a guy that is maybe a pretty speedy winger that kind of sucks offensively. You can tell him to, to get, get back to, to the right back position and figure defense out, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. No mini games involved in that. Progress takes weeks and weeks and weeks, but it definitely is a new spin on training that I'm not super mad at. How do you like it? Bro, <laughs> I love it. Like, 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 like I said, they picked, like, they picked up my, my old beta tester file. We're like, all right, this guy's got some ideas. Um, no, I love it. I, the, the one thing that I was down on is when you start a career mode and they're like, in order to keep your job, you have to develop three youth players. And you're like, I don't have fucking time for that. Like, you know what I mean? You're like, yep. I'm done. I, I don't have time to like, I, I need to train my guys and not so I can like win games, but not like, and like level up like some, some proven younger players that you maybe picked up like that are like, you know, like, uh, what do you, what do you call those guys? The, uh, the high potential, the high potential, like hack guys where mm-hmm. you like, you get them at 17 and by the time they're 20, you're selling them for millions of dollars yep. or you're keeping them and winning titles. Yep. Um, I, I got to focus on that. I don't have time to focus on a getting a scout to go find these guys and spending my money when I need to buy a guy, I need to buy a proven player. Um, I, I was always down on that development piece until this, because then you can actually like look at your squad and, and look at the makeup of the, of the players that your scout has brought in. And you can be like, okay, well actually like this guy has potential to be a right back and a striker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to train them for both or one, if it doesn't work out, I'm going to do the other one because I know I'm going to need uh, a right back maybe in three years. And so like the, the, the requirements I'm trying to train these, the, the youth squad, I think is, is far and away better now. Nice. Nice. Uh, John, any other likes or dislikes so far about uh, the career mode? <clears throat> people? Um, I, I would say I don't have any likes or dislikes from the career mode. Uh, actually I do have one, like, I don't have any dislikes. I have some other just gameplay dislikes that I'll just talk about a little bit. Um, a little bit later here, but my, my other like is that they they've actually made it um, <clears throat> so that you can actually do more of like a football manager type style where I, I'm not a huge fan of like simming many games, but we've all done it where you're like, you just get button fatigue and you're like, I'm playing Norwich. I'm going to win. <laughs> I just want to sim this game and get it over with. And then, you know, get to, you know, the, the champions league game I have right after. Yeah. Um, without getting anybody hurt or whatever you guys want to sim it. And then you end up getting a guy hurt and you're like, well, shit, that sucked. Um, I should have played that game. Um, but, but now they allow you to, to start the sim and then actually follow the action and then jump in and play the game at any given point. And I think that's awesome because that gives the people who like myself get button fatigue and you're like, I just, I don't have enough time to play every game, but I'll, I want to play every game. And this way you can dive in. Like if there's like a, you know, uh, an attacking sequence where you have numbers up, you can dive in and play and where it starts and then try to finish it off. Or in, uh, you know, say there's a counterattack and you got, you're on the defensive end, you can jump in and, and select a guy and maybe snuff out the counter. Um, and then you can go right back into simming the game, mm-hmm. like a football manager. I think that's great. I think it's a really good idea. I, I feel like though, it's one of those, um, one of those, uh, capabilities nate that might get the axe next year i don't think enough people are going to like it or or we're going to get more people who like it so uh definitely definitely like that um from a dislike perspective or just like things i noticed um like whoever in fifa if you could please listen to what i'm about to say like when i point my goddamn joystick towards a guy who's open and i pass the ball with plenty of pace on it like go to the fucking guy that i pointed yeah. to that happens to me quite a bit. <laughs> like seriously, all this other logic that you're running through this game, like the ability to like on dead balls, be able to do different types of spin and stuff and put balls here and there and all the skill moves they've left, they've entered into the game over the years. They still haven't figured out passing. And to me, that's like 99% of my game. Like if I can't pass, I'm done. And I, I still feel like that they haven't quite mastered it. And it's the next thing that they have to figure out because mm. they, they, they fluctuate between like, is it too easy to score? Is it, are the goalies too good? Are they not too good? Like um, we learned from Jonah during the E cup that like, you, you know, you could always score going near post. 
like things like that I get trying to fix, but like fix passing, please. Like, <laughs> please fix passing. Um, I also noticed too that on standard speed mode, the game felt a little bit sluggish to me. Okay. Um, uh, with off the ball stuff. I know there's the dynamic off the ball runs you can control now, and I haven't quite dove into that, but I'm going to get there eventually and try to try to tinker with that and see if I can, I can level up my play with it. But in general, I, I do feel like, uh, it, it was just slow, but when I put it on fast mode, then it got to the speed that I liked. So I've been playing all my games on fast mode. Interesting. All right. I uh, from as far as me, I, I you know I'm I'm with you. A lot of the little uh, controller issues are plaguing me. Pullbacks feel different this year. Uh, I'm used to I'm used to being able to kind of stop progress and deke a defender out pretty easily with a pullback. But this year, it's like they're real clunky. Uh, they're not as smooth. They're not as quick. And they, they end up losing me possession uh, about half the time. And I don't like that. That's, that's really strange. Um, but I'm with you. I kind of like this, this new quick sim, like jump in, jump out kind of a thing. Because at least, you know, down the road, once, you develop, once I've developed the Forest Green Rovers all the way into a Premier League squad, it's like I don't really feel like playing every game especially on against some of these, some of these chumps. So it's like, I'll just jump in, jump out. It's also a good, but like early in the game, I'm not using it because I want to get to know the players. I want to, uh, I want to kind of mm-hmm. see how the team works. So I, so I get where to develop it and wh- who I need to replace. Uh, but I'm with you, man. Uh, I'm really excited about this new career mode. It's, it's definitely a little more, I don't know. It's a little, it's more work. It's definitely more granular. It's definitely more work. Yeah. than the last one. Uh, so I'll see, how long it takes me to, to quick sim. One thing I did notice about the trainings, which I like is like, once you've done the mini game once and you've done well at it, you can just keep picking that mini game and the highest grade that you have achieved in the mini game is the grade that your players achieve. So it's no longer random when you train either, mm-hmm. which I like, it's like they can just like, if I've gotten an A on something, everyone gets an A all the time. So I've got those, like those, those done where I can always just toss dudes in to make sure they're gaining sharpness and lose, you know, mm-hmm. and they don't lose a ton of fatigue on it. Um, so that's nice, but I don't think I'm going to be playing it more and more. I don't think I'll have you, have you run into an instance where you, you played it and got a lower grade and then they did, they got the lower grade. Nope. Cause I haven't, I haven't run into that, but I, cause I've always leveled up yeah. on my grade. So I didn't know, like I always got either more, if I got an A, I got more points as yeah. an A. Um, like, but I never done a thing where like I, I shit the bed and got like a D nope. and then saw my guys get, D's. I think it's just I'm the highest right. grade. It'll, it'll keep as your highest grade. Yeah. So that's yeah, good. That's good. John, all this FIFA talk though, reminds me, uh, I got to mention Minneapolis city's new Twitch show foot city. You got to join me. Foot stuff. stuff. Join me and, and, and city players, of course, Jonah and max. We explore FIFA's other half in our Twitch stream, uh, which is ultimate team mode. I am not really an ultimate team veteran. These guys are, they're very good at it. So I'm really learning the, learning the ropes from the pros all about how to build a competitive squad, how to climb the ranks to glory. Um, chances are, I'm just going to go winless and embarrass myself, but uh, I urge everyone to go to uh, twitch.tv slash MPLS city SC and, and give them a follow, give us a follow there so that you can, uh, catch us every time we stream, which is on Thursday nights, usually uh, starting around 8 p.m. And these guys are good, man. You're going to see some highlights. You're going to see some squads that I can only I can only dream of building uh, on Ultimate Team. So, but also you're going to see my squad, and it's probably going to look a lot a lot like your squad. So hopefully that'll make you feel good. I mean, hey Nate, you could always sink like 300 bucks into the game and then get right on. Par. That's what Jonah does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could find other uses for $300, but hey, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Uh, is it every week or is it bi-weekly or is it kind of we're, like hit or we're miss? getting our we're getting our rhythm. We did bi-weekly because there was uh they didn't have they compete in the weekend league and the first weekend mm-hmm. league was this last weekend. So we wanted to do a kickoff show when the game released and then we waited a couple weeks so they could get their uh their weekend league on and we're going to catch up with them okay. t- tonight tomorrow night. Uh, Thursday night and then I think we'll try to do we'll try to do if not weekly bi-weekly okay I like bi-weekly because it gives them more time to like do some awesomeness yeah and for you to try to get out of the shit totally 
<laughs> so we talked about it at the beginning of the show. There was some city action in another 7v7 format. Uh, the uh, independently of the club, yet wearing our jerseys, uh, a group of city players uh, put their hat in the ring for the annual Soctoberfest 7v7 men's tournament up in Blaine this past weekend. Uh, riveting action up at the old men's open <laughs> division. Right? I bet. Um, but what, what you saw was, um, so essentially for the folks who don't know, and there were three divisions. There was like a, an open uh, rack and then like a middle middle one. Um, but, you know, teams like some VSLT guys, uh, some of the old school VSLT guys, I know Juan Fizz was playing um, in, the, in one of the brackets. Nice. Um, and then uh, in the, the men's open bracket, which is the team that um, our guys put together to be in it, uh, Martin and Whitney Brown won a team. Uh, Ian Smith was on that team with them. Um, a team that uh, had Zuhir and Gato and Jake Simons. Um, Wes Lawrence was on another team. Um, and so a, a lot of city guys sprinkled throughout, but we did have our own team in. Um, it was made up of 11 guys. Uh, in goal was Mitch Wolf, who won uh, best mm-hmm. goalkeeper in our sevens league. So a good guy to bring in. Um, uh, seven, the Brotherhood Cup uh, MVP, uh, Midu Youssef was on the team, uh, as well as Aaron Olson. Uh, Nick Hutton, Cole Schwartz, who just missed out on the golden boot, Jonah Garcia, um, Lionel Vang, who had been with us in the past, uh, but had been doing some other soccer stuff outside of the state, uh, was back in action. Uh, young guy, Eli Lloyd, was on the team. Max Stegwart, uh, Charlie Adams, and then uh, the Stockton to Malone assist winner of the Brotherhood Cup, uh, Matt Gibbons. So quite the the side nice. that we we put together. A good balance, uh, some new guys, some some old guys some some medium guys <laughs> we had uh we had all the and you know after um, like a fall's worth of 7v7 play these guys were primed they must have just crushed right uh i think they in so they won they won undefeated um they wore the open cup jerseys that we would have won um so that was the dazzle long sleeves which is perfect for last weekend because they needed to wear long sleeves uh and then mitch wolf wore the new goalkeeper jersey the cloud jersey and I joked in the team picture, like, where does the sky end and Mitch Wolf begin? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you go on our Twitter channel, you'll see it. it's like a blue sky with clouds in the background. And you look immediately down to him. Um, <clears throat> so it was like almost a green screen effect. Um, so they played uh, three group games. They, uh, they scored uh, a tune of 7-0, 3-1, and a 3-0 forfeit. So they only got one goal scored on them in the, the pool play. Um, they faced off against um, Martin and Whitney Brown's team with Ian Smith and a couple other guys oh, cool. on that one um, in the, in the semifinal. Um, and they won that game four to three, and then they won the final seven to one. So uh, not a lot of goals given up. Um, I was able to get out there and watch uh, one of the games and uh, the quarterfinal game against the, uh, the U of M team. And actually that was a four to two game. That's a really good soccer game actually. Um, but not as high of a level across the board that I saw from any of the teams, except for ours that we saw in the brotherhood cup. So like our guys literally were, like you said, like primed mm-hmm. for this. Um, the weather was a little bit crappy. I would have tried to make two games. But I brought one of the kids out and he was not having the weather. <laughs> so we went home early, um, which uh, I mean, a two-year-old, who was super excited to go once we got there, not excited no. to stay. Um, but uh, it was good. It was good soccer by our guys. And you, you could tell that like our guys had, had been working together, even though, you know, you're, I'm looking at the makeup of the team. You got uh, representatives of all four of our teams that were in the yeah. brotherhood cup. So it's um, <clears throat> it wasn't like they had been playing seven aside together as a unit for, for the last seven weeks, but they've definitely been training and playing together. So um, they had, they had the tactics down, they had the formation down, they were putting goals in, they were stopping other teams um, where a lot of the other teams were just a bunch of individual guys who could do stuff. Um, but they weren't necessarily a team and our guys were moving the ball, moving off the ball, um, all the stuff that we saw in the brotherhood cup. So uh, good for them. As one of the top prizes of the 7v7 Pick'em League, we offered up a segment on this here show. Unfortunately, uh, John and I picked up the top two spots in the in said league, so we ended up Boom. drawing. We ended up drawing <laughs> names, and the winner is Citizen, a board member, and all-around great guy, Paul Smichael. Paul, welcome to the show. How do you pronounce your last name? Because I see it spelled, and I have no idea how to say it. Yeah, it's Smichael. You actually got I it said right. it. 
Nice. Beautiful. Nice. Close to Casper. <laughs> it's almost like you uh, you work with words every day, Nate. I do. Hmm. <laughs> who would have thought? Yeah, who would have thought? So, Paul, th- as you noted in your uh, our correspondence back and forth, letting you know that it was it was your day. This is your 15 minutes of soccer fame. So, oh my God! Yeah, I don't even so, have like a SoundCloud or something to. You know, <laughs> what what better way to introduce uh, getting a new one? But introduce yourself to the world and and tell us your background, um, and then you know dive into your soccer journey. How how did the game pop into your life? Yeah, so I um, I grew up in Nebraska, and um, in Nebraska when I was growing up, soccer didn't exist. All you had was Nebraska football. That was yeah. all. Go there Huskers. Was. Yeah, go <laughs> Huskers. Um, and and so I didn't know much about the game. I moved here to Minnesota in 1989, uh, shortly after getting out of college, um, and still just a football fan, American football fan. Um, then I got a job with a company that had uh, uh, facilities in Europe, and I traveled to France. And I was there for a couple of weeks. It was over a weekend and a, and a uh, coworker invited me to go to a soccer game in Paris. I have no idea who was playing, <laughs> but I, I sang, I danced, I drank too much uh, and absolutely had a blast and fell in love with the game. And um, then about three weeks later, I was in England on the South Coast. And again, over a weekend, and uh, another coworker, an Englishman, took me to another match. Um, and I saw Chelsea play. And I know, boo, 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 Chelsea. <laughs> but, uh, but, but I saw uh, Zola play. And he was a magician. And all I know was that that was uh, a guy who was just playing with the opponents. And I started following Chelsea, and that was the beginning of my soccer journey. So I was 32, 33 years old at that time. Um, so I didn't know anything about soccer until I was in my 30s. I heard and that. It quickly man. became a passion. So, you know, here I am all these years later. You know, it's, it's kind of, um, you know, you, when you, when you dissect the different generations, you know, the, the generation that you fall into, like that makes a ton of sense that, you know, for, for some Midwesterners, uh, I mean, if you were like an East or West coaster and maybe even a Southerner to to some extent, maybe, you know, if you're from Florida, um, you grew up with the game a little bit more because that's kind of where the hotbeds were maybe like, you know, it, take out of it Chicago and then, you know, Milwaukee. Uh, But in certain states, it wasn't there unless you were introduced to it via a different channel because it wasn't on TV. I I joke, um, you know, when we had my dad on, we were talking about how we had one of those like backyard satellite dishes, you know, that were like like those 20 foot satellite dishes. And we were the only people who would get soccer games. Um, So you really couldn't watch it here. So you needed it to be introduced to the game in a similar fashion like you were. So it makes total sense to me. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely enlightening. And, and um, what I was so fortunate with the company I was with that I, I was able to travel all over Europe and, and Asia and everywhere I went, the people in the company started to know that I was a soccer fan. So if I was going to be there for a while, one of the things I was telling people is, Hey, I, I, if there's a, if there's a game, find it for me, find nice. it, give me some tickets, I'll pay you. And so, you know, I saw all different levels. Uh, it wasn't always the, the big leagues. It was, it was local stuff too. It didn't matter to me. Um, you know, when you travel for business and, uh, you know, anybody that does that a lot knows it's just dull as can be. <laughs> Every hotel looks the same. Every freaking office looks the same. And, and so that was my escape. Nice. And, um, and so I saw a lot of different teams on a lot of different continents playing soccer. And uh, I just enjoyed it. What did you do when you came back to the States then to kind of scratch the itch? You know, I started watching uh, uh, some college stuff. So I was here 
Um, so I was able to watch Mayak uh, mm -hmm. teams a little bit. Um, uh, my niece, uh, who grew up in Fargo, uh, is a hell of a soccer player, um, uh, played for Concordia Moorhead. And so um, I started putting the schedules for St. Thomas and McAllister um, on my on my uh, work calendar because I I mean I work like seven blocks from both those schools, mm -hmm. so I mean I and it didn't matter whether it's the women's or the men's, I would just go and watch soccer. Nice. And and so it was a lot of college stuff. I I would pick up on the U of M women's team a little bit when I could. Um, you would go up to Blaine when it was the old, uh, you know, pre-MLS uh, United, not on a regular basis, but a couple of times here and there. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, never, never really got, uh, was never a season ticket holder for anything or anything like that until I ran into Minneapolis City. So you probably are, were, are one of the fans that's probably saw a lot of these guys that we have within the club playing college then, right? I have. Yeah. It's, it's really fun. I, I, you know, I don't know the guys well. I've met a few of them, but I've seen a lot of them on the, on the field and I just that's root a, for them. Cool. I love that. That's super cool that it's kind of, kind of come full circle. So my next question then is, uh, how did you become a, a city fan? How did we get introduced to you to, to be the super yeah. fan that you are now? Yeah. So a friend of mine, um, we were looking for something to do. Um, and he said, Hey, there's this, this local club. I think this was 2016, 17, the years run together. I'm an old guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but I think it might've been the first year. Um, and he said, Hey, there's this local soccer club. They're playing, you know, near me. Let's go watch. And I did. And um, we just sat and watched and had a good time. I watched the citizens or, or, you know, I watched the fans and the supporters group. And I just thought these guys are fun. And, and, uh, you know, I loved what I was seeing on the field. And uh, so I think it, then it was the following year I, I uh, got season tickets and uh, my lovely spouse and I have been running around with the club ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, it's, um, it's really interesting when you talk to fans because everyone kind of has their, their different introduction to it. Like some people were just totally, you know, glued to soccer um, and, and local stuff. And that's how they, they got a hold of us. And some people were definitely introduced by, by others. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so interesting that we've, we've kind of put together this hodgepodge mix of individuals from all different walks of life, but th it all revolves around what we've created. And it's super awesome. And I'm so happy that, uh, that you've been a part of it. Well, and it's definitely fun for me because I, I'm also a big believer in being local, you know, and, and whether that, that applies to my, my professional life or, or any other part of what I do, I love to promote, you know, staying local, being local. I shop local. I do all those things. And so when I, you know, started checking into the club and I see this mission of, you know, bringing, bringing soccer, com high competitive soccer to Minnesota based players and all that, I went, that, that just rang bells for me. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that was really important. I liked it a lot. So Paul, a lot of people know, and we mentioned it before you, before you dialed in, um, but our loyal listeners will, will know that you are a member of the Minneapolis City uh, member board, right? Can you tell the right. folks a little bit about what went into that decision uh, to kind of toss your hat into the ring and, and why you wanted to step into the leadership role for, with Minneapolis City? Uh, when, when, um, when it was opened up for nominations, there was a, an email that went out and one of the things in the email that said, you know, hey, we'd, we'd love somebody with some accounting, you know, finance experience. And that's what I do for a living. Um, I've been doing that for 30 years. So I, I wrote an email to, to Chairman, <laughs> Chairman Hudeman and said, hey, you know, I mean, I haven't been around the club all that long, but here's what I know. And I've worked with nonprofits and, you know, but I, I feel a little silly running for board when 
I'm basically going to be a season ticket holder for the first time in this year. Um, but he said, throw your hat in the ring. So here I am. That's, nice. that's how it happened. <laughs> so what uh, what is the purpose of the board for those who don't know? And what have your priorities been or what have the priorities of the board been during kind of this weird non-season? It is a weird non-season. Um, I the the board in general is a bit of a you know the is a bit of a sounding board I guess um, we do make decisions um, uh, the uh, the club keeps us well informed of what's going on um, so as an example with this crazy year when the decisions were being made you know what do we do with um, with this pandemic and can we play and everything else that was brought to the board and we voiced our opinion uh, and voted on that, um, uh, you know, as an example of it. Um, we talk about the league. We talk about um, different, uh, when, when we were talking about the, the possibility of UPSL for Minneapolis City 2, um, that was at the board. Um, so we had a lot, we've had a lot of different things that have gone through the board. Um, not that we're the only decision makers, but we are definitely the voice for the members. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great to hear you as a board member say that because a lot of folks look at our model. And if you, if you follow soccer Twitter or you follow uh, the non-league life in America, a lot of member run member supported clubs are popping up with a similar model but not a whole lot of people actually understand what that means and it's good to hear that you know from you as a member um saying you know these are these are high level decisions that the club needs to make and we are part of it and it's not just kind of a a facade to say like oh our members run the help us run the club it actually is a true thing it really is and I feel very, very involved. I love it. And I hope that, um, I hope, you know, what I always try to do is encourage anybody that's at the game, you know, hey, if you got something that you want, you want us to bring up, just tell me, I'll, I'll bring it. You yeah. know, they don't very often, but I'm always there. We always <laughs> are. The next thing you have to ask is if you, know, if you have a lot of money, please let us know. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so, Paul, you were at uh, quite a number of the 7v7 matches this, this summer and fall, which is great, uh, considering, you know, like All you know, of COVID. Yeah. Uh, so it was yeah, cool of you to come every out. Every one of them. We talked to uh, a lot of players and coaches about what the games were like and what their experience with the 7v7 were, were like. But I'm interested in what it and to hear what you thought as a fan. What was it like attending? What was it like seeing, uh, seeing these kind of smaller side games? And what was it like just, it was all city guys from the newest, hopefully in development players to some of the, the older vets like, like Charlie Adams. What was, uh, what was this experience like for you? So first of all, as a passionate fan of soccer, I mean, I'm used to going to multiple games yeah. a week and seeing it live. And I hadn't seen anything live. And yeah, he had the itch. <laughs> oh, I did. And, and I think I was talking to uh, Zahir after the first, after the first week. And I, I told him, I, you know, I just thanked him. And, and, and I, it was very genuine. I said, God, I just, I just needed to be here and see you guys um, in person. It felt so good to do something that felt normal. It, it, it was, it was so good for my soul. Um, that was key number yeah. one. Um, the other thing that I, I'd never seen that the seven on seven soccer played at that high a level before. And I was blown away with the skill level and the speed yeah. of it and, and the technical ability of these, of these players. It was phenomenal. And to be, you know, right there on the field just made it that much more real. It was, it was overwhelming. Um, I was so thrilled. And then the last part that I just loved is seeing some of the younger guys 
I mean, I have my favorites, you know, we, we fans, we That's have right. our favorite players, yeah. right. And, and they've been around for a while, man. I saw, I saw guys that maybe I caught them when at a U23 match a couple of years ago, maybe not um, that I'm thinking our future is freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, these, they're, these guys are going to be pushing our stars to be even better. And, and they're, they are the future. I mean, I, I think it was the first week I saw, uh, what's his name? Devin in goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, Jesus, that, that dude is incredible, <laughs> you know? And, and another one that I saw was, uh, uh, Eli. Was, oh, Eli Lloyd. I, I've never, yeah, I've never seen a guy faster in my life. I mean, he, he was a bullet and I thought Zaheer was a bullet, but Eli Lloyd might be faster. Um, well, and he's only 17. And he's only 17. That's just nuts. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife didn't get to go to the first week and I, and, uh, I got home and she said, what was it like? And I said, you know, I saw this, I saw this guy, younger, younger player. And, and he was, he danced with the ball like he was a cat. <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. And she says, oh, yeah, right, you know. And we go for the next week, and she sees this guy, and she goes, oh, my God, it's, it, you're right. I mean, he, like, dances with the, he can, you know. And then we find out what his, what his yeah. nickname is. And it's like, oh, jeez, this is incredible. <laughs> Talking, of so, course, I don't of know. I was Gato. Of Gato, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that is very cool. Oh, it's 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 not El Gato. We 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 dispelled that rumor. Just cat, it's just no. Gato. So it's not the it's not yeah. the cat. It's just cat. Uh, but you're 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 right. He does. He he has this 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 silky way about playing soccer yeah. that uh, you, you kind of can't teach it, right? No, I don't think. So. Well, see, I don't know. I'm at such a disadvantage. I've never played the game. I mean, I, I, I didn't grow up with it. I didn't. I don't know. I don't. I don't think you can teach it. I th- that looks like God-given talent right there. Um, as a as a person who grew up with the game, you cannot teach that. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> so you are hundred percent. You know what? The other uh, part I love though, I love watching the older guys. You could see the leadership in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to say it was the first week. It might have been the second week. Uh, I was watching uh, Tangled with Turtles, and you know they didn't have a good first half. And I watched Miles Norville at halftime talking to his team, and he showed such leadership. And they played so much better in the second half. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, you know, I mean, that's why this guy is on on the club. I mean, first of all, he's extremely talented, but he's a leader. And that was really cool to see as well. Well, and as we move into the futures program, that's that's going to be starting here in the not too distant future. It's it's quickly on our heels um, as we roll that that platform out. Um, part of part of the, the the coaching staff that we're going to be putting out there for the futures isn't just Jeremiah. It's also going to be um, some of the older veteran players in kind of a mentorship role. So it was it was good to see. And, and I'm glad that you you picked that up as well to see some of these guys, whether it be Miles or Nick Hutton or Charlie Adams or even even the Olivers, just have taking it upon themselves because there really wasn't any coaching, right? Like we didn't right. do a, a ton of it, um, but seeing them, you know, gather their players together and say like, "Look, guys, this is working. This isn't working," and we saw it with the with the Turtles. They they made the run to the the final by just getting their shit together as a team and that started with their veterans. Absolutely. Yeah. It was phenomenal to see. So the, the citizens whom you are a part of, as you mentioned, handed out some sweet awards, um, care to, to give the folks the, you know, the four one one on those awards and, and maybe, you know, what they were and, and who won them. Sure. Well, this started right when the club announced this, the tournament and there started some Twitter, Twitter banter, uh, between different citizens of, you know, we should do some awards for this. And, and one of the reasons we wanted to do awards is because I think we all felt bad for the guys, you know, I mean, we're geared up for a, a season, not only in the NPSL, but in the UPSL, we were going to win some serious trophies. I'm just telling you right now, we were going to do it. Um, and, and all of a sudden, all of that's gone. 
and we thought, you know, let's do something to show the team that we appreciate them and, and all they're doing. So we came up with three awards, uh, made some homemade trophies. It's <laughs> <That was laughs> awesome. Yeah, <laughs> we had a lot of fun with that. I, I kind of came up with the concept for the trophies and, and uh, my lovely spouse, who is a much more talented artist than I am, uh, basically figured out how to put them, you know, make them into real things. Um, so we had three trophies. Uh, one was called the Nutmeg Award, the best smelling trophy ever in the history of the world because it was made of actual no nutmeg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Whole nutmegs. <laughs> and um, and uh, had a little foam soccer ball glued on the top. So it, it, I don't know. It was kind of fun. Um, and the trophy was that award was to be given to the player who was most likely to torment and nutmeg many Duluth players in some future match. And I think when you talk about players who are going to torture Duluth, I think you just got to talk Justin Oliver. <laughs> born to I mean, do it. The, the, the guy does that. He is born to do it. So Justin Oliver won the nutmeg award. And uh, I thought that was very appropriate um, given his, his history uh, he might be the most hated guy in Duluth. I don't know. And, I, and I, he should be proud of it. I that. think so. I think so. I, I think Chairman Hudeman might be number one, but, well. but player for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. The second award was called the uh, hashtag technical difficulties award, um, you know, based on an incident from a couple years ago um, where, you know, one of our opponents kind of postponed a match at the last moment um, for whatever reasons. I don't know, rumors, <laughs> you know, but uh, we thought, well, let's, let's award this to one of the newer players that it, when our opponents find out that he's on our team, they're going to be so damn scared. They're going to make up a stupid excuse to postpone a match so that they don't have to play us. <laughs> and, uh, and that one went to Gato. Um, I, heck, we could have chosen seven other players as well, but Gato nice. was the winner of that one, and, and deservedly so. I mean, he's going to so, scare the hell out of some players. So did you know, Paul, that Gato was actually on said team that I postponed? Did. I did. Okay, I thought that was even funnier. Yeah. Yeah, even funnier. So he was on the team, and then he wins the award when he joins us. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's, some, that's some sweet music right there, man. <laughs> and then the last award was the Golden Crow, uh, meant to be given to a to – a, a, more seasoned player with the club and uh you know we thought about again you, you there's so many players how do you pick one but we're not into participation awards so we did pick <laughs> one um and we thought about it and there's this guy on the team that had just this hellish 2019 and probably didn't get the recognition that he deserved from, from the conference and whatever else. And so Jonah Garcia was the winner of the Golden Crow. And I thought that was That's pretty awesome. appropriate. The guy works pretty damn hard for us. So, yeah. I mean, all great awards. I think you guys did a fantastic job. I know we were kind of talking back and forth about him, and I was like, you know, whatever you guys decide, I'm sure it's going to be awesome. And uh, I'm glad we were able to, to carve out some time for you and Brian to hand those out after the, the final match. I thought it was great. And I know the guys really appreciated it too. So uh, that, that was great, but it's been a hot minute since we've had a diehard fan on the show. I, I think we have probably have to go back to one of the first ones where we had David Baker on. Oh, yeah. um, so I, I have to ask a, a, a two parter. Um, who's your favorite city player of all time? Oh, I, I'm a midfielder guy. I love I, I, I believe that you win matches because of your midfield. So <laughs> music to my ears, Paul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gosh, that's so tough though. I love, I love some of our midfielders. Uh, hmm. Max, maybe. I don't know. Max. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, See, I have such a hard time with this because I just root for these 
these guys. I mean, I I want all of them to do so well. That's okay. That's tough. Yeah, I'm going with Max, the Mighty Max Steger. The Mighty Max, that 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 works. Yeah. I mean, we we keep we keep them around for a reason, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so the second part um, is. What's your favorite memory of, of being part of the club so far, whether it may be something on the field, off the field, whatever, what's your, what's your memory or what's the story you tell people when you're, when you're explaining how awesome this is? Um, it was the match up in Duluth uh, when, um, you know, we just needed to win. And, and uh, um, we beat them, what was it, four to two? Um, and, uh, I believe it was Justin Oliver that, that scored a goal and then he went and celebrated right in front of the Duluth (laughs) crowd. I mean, he just taunted them. And and, I mean, I, that is so clear in my mind. I mean, he runs up in front of the Duluth crowd, jumps and it's like, you know, I mean, you, you knew he wanted to scream, you know, F you. Right. (laughs) But, but, uh, he didn't, I don't think, um, and and that was just a fantastic moment um, mm-hmm. on the field. Off the field, I have had such a great time meeting uh, other fans. The citizens, it's such a welcoming, uh, inclusive, um, caring group of people that come from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, I love that. So, you know, mm-hmm. going to the park before the game uh, next to Eater Nelson and, and, you know, firing up the grill and just talking and having a nice time. That's really special for me. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's cool. Well, Paul, uh, the time has come, man. We've had a lot of games on the show and it's time for you to play it. Uh, our newest game is the one we call ask John anything. Hopefully you've been, You've been ready for this. We, we, you can ask John two questions about literally anything, uh, and he has to answer them honestly, which he has a preternatural ability to. So if John answers both of them, <laughs> the game is over. But if, he, if you make him plead the fifth on any question, then he has to answer your next one. So I guess the trick is, is to have two questions ready for John to, uh, that you think John would not want to answer and make him answer at least one of them. I feel like Paul did his homework, and I, I'm a little bit worried right now. Oh no, you, you shouldn't be. I, I'm, you know, I've heard some of the questions, and I would never have the courage to ask them. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you two uh, serious questions. But um, okay. you know, I I don't know that you there would be any reason why you wouldn't want to answer them. Number one, okay. uh, you are now the czar of u.s soccer (laughs) okay u.s soccer federation is yours what are the two or three things that you would have u.s soccer do to to support local clubs like minneapolis city well i think the the first thing uh, the the local pieces is 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 probably immediately where i would go to so i'm glad you asked it that way um there's the reason why we started the club obviously was, you know, it's no surprise that we're, we're trying to elevate the level of soccer and the profile of players that are coming from the state. Um, And we have never wavered on that. You know, we haven't brought anyone in, um, you know, outside and there's been plenty of great players that we've had to turn away. Um, But I think the number one thing I would do is just make sure that those introductions are made from top down. So, and, and make it a, a genuine focus that, there's a pipeline from local amateur soccer all the way through to uh, the top parent clubs that are in major league soccer. Um, it's, it's, it's the, the organic pipeline for someone like an Eli Lloyd to have a platform to grow his game at a, at a 17 year old uh, as a 17 year old versus grown men who have played it at a high level. Um, and you could see, I mean, from his progression from week one in the sevens to the final week, how much of a different player he was because he was no longer playing with 17 year olds and being the best player on the field. So I think that there, there's definitely a need to make it a focus to connect all the levels together in a way that's, that's nurturing of players. Um, then when we push them through the top, the top all the way through the top levels, 
then we have more of a refined product. And that's what, what you see all over the world. And we just haven't done it here. So to turn a blind eye, I mean, even when you talk about the open cup, which is my next, my next point, um, we have to have that, that, that connection point to local soccer and be willing to, to put money and put emphasis on it um, at an amateur level so that we continue to, to raise the profile U S soccer. And that's number one. Number two is really looking at the U S open cup and trying to figure it out because it's the, the second oldest domestic competition in the game in the world uh, behind the FA cup. And it's not treated like that. So, and, and when you tell people that are, if you talk to an English person um, and tell them that, or an English soccer fan and tell them that we have the next oldest domestic competition, and then they, they look at what it is, they probably laugh at you um, because it's, it's, it's not, there's no emphasis on it until, except for giving major league soccer teams uh, a pipeline to, to win it. And it, it only makes it better if you, if you level up the profile of the games like we're in um, to introduce this type of soccer to the, ca- to the casual fan who might just be a United fan or a Chicago Fire fan, et cetera. So I think that we, there really needs to be an emphasis and they've tried to do it, but it was a half, half thought out idea or a group of ideas to, to raise the profile of the, of the earlier round matches um, at a national level when everyone gets, you know, super excited about the Christos of the world that make it to the round of 16 or Harpo's who uh, are friends out in Boulder when they went on their run, you know, everyone starts to get excited about an up, an upset or an underdog team when all they had to do was look at three <laughs> rounds before. And there's a whole bunch of games with right. teams li- like that. So I think that that probably might, my, my second one. Nice. Excellent. All right. Question one in the books, question yeah. two. So I was really struck, uh, John, you posted uh, a photo on Twitter uh, a little while ago. It was one of those, you know, then and now post uh, photos, um, you know, start of the club and now where we're at five years later, um, you know, which I thought was really cool. So now tell me, what do you see Minneapolis City as five years from now? From now, um, it, you know, that's a difficult, it's a difficult question to answer. I clearly will answer it, <laughs> um, but it, it's hard to tell because the landscape is ever changing. Um, if you look at our league that we're in, um, you know, gone are some of the real big staples of the league. You know, there's no longer are the Cosmos, the, the Miamis, um, the Chattanoogas, the Detroits, mm-hmm. and, and now you're seeing a different type of team that's in our league. And um, it, I don't know if necessarily the NPSL is sustainable for, uh, uh, for what we need out of soccer for our club five years from now. So I think the league itself is, is something that, that uh, is an unknown. But with that said, I think that we absolutely have shown the, the, the growth potential and the foundation for us to, to maybe take a step like that. Um, you know, if we had the money, it'd be great. But uh, we'll just say we have the money. Um, you know, someone hears this and is like, man, Paul really nailed it as a fan. And I'm going to put my hard-earned money in the tune of millions into this club because they believe in their mission. Um, we get that money or maybe the financial restrictions that a club like ours can't, can't match. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it gets relaxed a little bit to a certain extent where we can be included into um, a, a higher level than we're currently in. Um, I could see a club like ours making a jump like that in five years. Um, but with that said, I also believe that the other pieces from a grassroots perspective are things we would continue to do. Uh, we're always going to have our Stegman's men's club as a foundation um, because that's what this was all built from. Um, we're always going to emphasize an amateur level that is solely based around local players because that's our, that was our mission from day one and it will never waver, but it, wouldn't it be great if we had our, our kick around Sunday league, we had two amateur teams that kind of are a first and second team model. And then, uh, uh, a higher amateur level or even a, a professional level that we had a team. So we had maybe three different levels that players plus the futures program as a fourth could be part of, but we could really see players grow and 
and move into being able to to do it for a living. That'd be great. That would be cool. You know, I'm I'm intrigued by like the the NISA. You know, they mm-hmm. they've got this concept. They don't really know what they're talking about <laughs> yet. I don't think, but NISA Nation and 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 doing some pro rel and stuff like that. Um, I find that intriguing. I, I'm not saying that's mm-hmm. where we should be, but um, I would love to see us start to build a pyramid somewhere, somehow. I don't know how. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's why it's going to take five years, right? Yeah. Paul? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, Paul, awesome. So glad that we were able to have you on. So glad that, you know, a, a person like yourself is, is uh, involved in our club at, uh, at multiple touch points. So we really appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on being picked. Um, and we look forward to, to getting out there as soon as we can uh, give pandemic aside uh, to, to, Throw some more soccer your way. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. We'll talk to you later. Good. Bye. That is all for this week's show, folks. Thanks, as always, to our show sponsor, Summit Brewing Company. I went to pick up a 12er for when my uh, my sober October ends here in, uh, in another week. Um, so I have some in the hopper, Nate. Yes. And they were all out of Oktoberfest at the liquor store. And it was a sad, sad day for Senior Bizworm. <laughs> uh, so don't be like me, folks, and head down to your, your local stop. And get some some Oktoberfest for it truly is all gone. And you have to take the highway to Whiskey City or whatever Nate said last week that made me laugh. Um, <laughs> so what did you say? I don't know. Week? The on-ramp? The, eg- uh, the on-ramp? The exit ramp yeah. to Whiskeyville? Yep. Or, yeah, know, Summit whatever. Porter but is definitely the on-ramp is, to Whiskey City. Whiskey Town. Uh, yeah, and I'll say take the highway to Whiskey City. <laughs> um, Summit, a more meaningful brew since 1986. If giving back to the community means a lot to you, maybe it's time to give the club that gives back. Minneapolis City has a 501c3 that provides a safe, reliable, and fun environment for young people to play the beautiful game, uh, as well as our newly formed Futures Program Scholarship Fund. Uh, consider a tax-deductible donation to a truly city-focused organization. <clears throat> Do you have anything you want us to cover? Any guests you want us to have on? Any quests you want us to partake in? Send us mail. It is easy. Hit us up on Twitter at the people's pitch or through email mccpodcast at gmail.com. And I'm sad to report Nate that our hotline number has been taken back. Oh. By Google. So, so please feel free to give, give it a few days and then hammer the following number with prank phone calls. Uh. 612-460-5683. That's 612-460-5683. All questions and comments. And concerns are welcome to the club, but definitely prank call that number. And finally, as always, you can complain to the club at MCS, MPLSCDSC on Twitter. Uh, the first episode of, of, of Fut City, Fut Stuff, is in the books, uh, and it was awesome, Nate. Uh, the second one is coming out on Thursday, uh, October 22nd. Um, check it out on twitch.tv slash MPLSCDSC. Uh, and get get on the ground floor of the ultimate team squad building uh, with some 101 from Nate, uh, Jonah Garcia, Max Deward. Um And it was so much fun to watch. Thank you. Um, so for those of you who are futters out there, um, check it out. And again, it was um, twitch.tv slash MPLSCDSC. <coughs> Excuse me. That does it for this week's show, folks. I am John. That was Paul. A great conversation with Paul. And of course, that was Nate. We'll catch you fine people next week as we look towards the off season, uh, trying to figure out what we're going to do and get ready for uh, some futures action coming up. And maybe we'll reveal uh, what we plan to do instead of going through our dark period uh, <laughs> until the preseason starts. So until then, folks, you got hoofed. The dark the animals. The dark period. Poster burning maple weeds, cradle major keys. Thinking back, I've been major since the minor league. So supreme, too much sauce off my olive NMDs. I could staple steeds, bend the gold so I get the cheese. Never fall, rake them leaves and make sure every moment gets seized. And everything I see is making.